Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 5, read as follows. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to, uh, to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Again, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So on this episode, we want to continue our discussion on the reality of Christian apologetics, the reality of Christian apologetics. Uh, On the last episode, we talked about the role of philosophy, Uh, philosophy coming from the two Greek words, phileo and sophia. Uh, Phileo um, is the Greek word for love, one of the Greek words for love, and sophia meaning wisdom. So philosophy uh, essentially is the love of wisdom or to love wisdom. And the wisdom that we're talking about is just not through general revelation, but also through special revelation. And only Christians are afforded the ability to be a part of special revelations because special revelations come through the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can only have the Holy Spirit if you're saved. So uh, the world can have general revelation. This is why you find um, some wisdom in the world's theology and philosophy, you find some things that are uh, similar or some things that are uh, patterned after what the Bible say, but good works, as an example, uh, is part of the general revelations. We have people that have set up nonprofits or people that have set up soup kitchens and uh, clothing uh, to uh, clothe those who don't have anything to wear. Uh, we have people that have organizations that give shelter to those that are homeless. So good works is good. And that comes through general revelations. There's something uh, uh, that God has placed in here that p- points us back to his goodness. But goodness alone is not sufficient. God wants us to be saved. And once we get saved, not only are we performing works that are good through his inspiration, but we also uh, are provided discernment through the Holy Spirit. And we, are, uh, a bit, we have the ability to discern uh, certain things, and we have the ability to be given insights into tomorrow. Uh, God gives us some things in terms of prophecy to Christians that he doesn't afford to the world because their eyes have been closed. 
So we talked about last week philosophy. We talked about metaphysics. We talked about epistemology. And if you didn't catch um, the last episode, uh, please go online, srministries.org, and you can listen to it again. Uh, but for our purposes on this episode, I wanted to highlight um, the reality of Christian apologetics in the sense that uh, some Christians still are not willing to embrace the role of Christian apologetics. And whether or not you uh, are willing to embrace it or not embrace it, it's not going anywhere. Uh, Christian apologetics is a mandate by God himself. Uh, the scriptures tell us that we ought to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman who need not be embarrassed, but is rightly or able to rightly uh, divide the word of truth. And then First uh, Peter 3.15, as we always talk about, uh, it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your heart, and be ye ready to always give, give each man or woman a, an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within you. So Christian apologetics is not going anywhere. As long as we have the commission to go out and to uh, proselytize, to go out and share the gospel, someone will ask us the question, why? Or they may ask us the question, how? Why do you go to church on Sundays and not Saturdays? Where did you get the Bible? Can the Bible be trusted? Is the Bible, uh, are the Bible claims historically true? Is Jesus a historical figure? So once we say we are Christians, we then we have positioned ourselves for others to ask us, questions about Christianity. And I'm not talking about people who are trying to be argumentative. I'm talking about people who have sincere questions about the Jesus that we follow, about the church that he built, about the the mission that he's given us. People will have questions because they just don't know. And it's not enough to just point them to the Sunday school teacher. It's not enough to just point them to the pastor. It's not enough to point them to someone else. All of us that are Christians have a duty to respond to questions that people ask us about our faith. We're the ones that said we we accepted Christ. We are the ones that said we are disciples. We are the ones that says that we read the Bible. We're the ones that say we pray. So if that's the case, then individuals that have questions about Christianity should be able to come to us and ask us sincerely, not trying to be argumentative, just questions that they have about the faith. So when Paul writes to the Corinthians church in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 4 through 5, it's interesting the words that he used. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. So we are in a battle. We are in a spiritual warfare. We are called upon to be present in this battle. So the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. And the world uh, uses weapons such as swords, right? Blades, tanks, planes, ships, you name it. If it's physical, the world would try to use it to gain advantage and to defeat 
their enemy. But Paul is saying our weapons are not the weapons that the world uses. So what are our weapons, Paul? And he explains it in verse four. He says, on the contrary, our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. That's the end result when we use our weapons. We know that once it's implemented, once we use the weapons God has given us, we're able to demolish strongholds. What are some of these strongholds? They are those uh, that are still in bondage. And as Christians, we should no longer be in bondage to a lot of these fetters, a lot of these afflictions. So God has saved us to help us to overcome the things that were holding us back before we met him. So uh, things such as uh, lying, telling white lies, stronghold that uh, God's word can demolish if we allow him to, uh, lasciviousness, this, um, having relationships out of sync with the way that God desires for you to have relationships, strongholds. Um, the love of money is a stronghold. Uh, there are people who've sacrificed their families, sacrificed their marriage, sacrificed relationships with children because of the love of money, chasing the money and neglecting family affairs. So that's a stronghold. Um, alcoholism and, and, and drugs and things of that nature. We still find that within the church, but we have a, we have good news. And the good news is Jesus pinned it all on the cross. So if you are, whatever you're going through, you don't have to surrender. If you are a Christian, you already have access to all power and God is waiting on you to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I want to give it over to you, and I know that uh, you have power to deliver me directly, or you can uh, deliver me indirectly, meaning that God has people in place that can help you. God has people with wisdom that can help you to overcome. So God can heal you directly, but he also has the option of using people around you or people that he wants to connect you with to help you overcome whatever it is that you are dealing with. But more profoundly in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 4 through 5, we find in verse 5 that we as Christians, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So the problem in modern day Christendom is we have too many believers uh, that are not availing themselves to using their minds for the sake of Christ. And by using our minds, we're not saying you have to write a philosophy book. We're not saying you have to write a book on logic. We're not saying that you have to teach uh, a theology class uh, on uh, existentialism or uh, talk about epistemology. We're not saying all of that. What we are saying is every day, you ought to pray, you ought to read your Bible, and you, already, you, you ought to study your Bible. Then uh, you ought to learn the role of hermeneutics, which is the science and art of biblical interpretation. 
And as we are doing these things, you are putting good things into your mind. You are storing good things into your mind. Then Romans, uh, Romans 12 and 2 comes into play. Um, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when we are engaged in Christian apologetics by reading the word, by studying the word, we're in a sense uh, fulfilling what Paul is talking about in this passage. So again, we want to read God's word. We want to study God's word. And then as we're studying we'll find ourselves able to answer certain questions that we couldn't before. Then, uh, uh, in in addition to this study, we are reading uh, books that help to illuminate our minds about the Word of God. You start with the Word of God. You don't simply run to commentaries first. You start with the Word of God. You wrestle with the passages. You pray on the passages. You meditate regarding the passage. Some some passages are not, uh, can't be understood the first time you read it. So as a result, sometimes you have to pull out the concordance. You have to put out the lexicons. You have to look at your Greek lexicon. You have to look at your Hebrew lexicon. And, and, and you have to pray. You have to study. You have to go to Bible study. You have to go to worship service. And... Uh, you have to read books from people that are sound, people that are healthy, people that have a healthy doctrinal view. And if you're doing all of those things, then God will see your faithfulness and help you with becoming more informed about his principles. And once you become more informed, then you are uh, becoming part of the Christian a group that's able to destroy arguments by the aid of the Holy Spirit. So again, all of us have this obligation to prepare ourselves to give each man or woman a reason for the hope that lies within us, and we do it with gentleness and respect. Now, since the first century, and even uh, second century, uh, since the, uh, the apostles, the first apostles or the only apostles, uh, walked this earth, um, God has brought up and, uh, reared people to represent the cause of the gospel. So ever since Christ's ascension, and ever since the last apostle was still alive on this earth, which is St. John, God has always had witnesses and truth bearers, those who continued the gospel, uh, those who proclaimed the gospel. And this is the ecclesia. This is the church. And uh, this is the church that go forth throughout the world and proclaim that Jesus came, he died for our sins, Jesus rose, and you too can accept him as Lord and Savior. So um, ever since the first century, God has mandated that Christians go forth and proclaim the gospel. 
And as a result, we as Christians have uh, a history of truth bearers, a history of apologists, um, a, a history of those who stood for the faith and did not um, go and hide and did not uh, apologize for being a Christian, but they stood firm because we realize uh, that if we keep our light hidden under a bushel, the world has no hope. We realize that if we're not obedient to God's mandate, as in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, the world has no hope. And not only that, um, the gospel affects us first. We are first impacted by God's word, meaning that we are living proof that Jesus is good and uh, his Bible works. And we are, in a sense, spokespersons for the world. We are trophy cases for the world to look at and say, you know, my life is not what it needs to be. But I see these individuals around me who say they're Christians and they seem to have joy. Uh, when they're going to, through trials, they're able to overcome. Uh, they don't have to uh, drink and they don't have to smoke and they don't have to uh, do anything that's going to harm them. They just seem to have uh, eternal joy. So I want to get to know this Jesus that these so-called Christians uh, talk about. And so that's what we ought to be about. It's not about collecting stuff while we wait on Christ. It's not about uh, seeing how much money we can put in the back bank while we waiting on Christ. It's not about uh, how much entertainment we can consume while we're waiting on Christ. It's about how are we fulfilling the mandate that Jesus have given us. Because he is coming back, even though some of us live as though he's not coming back, Jesus is coming back. And if he comes back, we want to make sure that we have a good report of what we've done with our time or his time. We need to make sure that we can give a good report in terms of evangelism, giving a good report in terms of discipleship. And the blessing is when we are faithful, when we are obedient to God, God does things for us that's unimaginable that we couldn't even conceive. Just recently, um, I ran into a member of our church and he stopped me. Uh, and I'm sharing this just as an example of how when we, when we are obedient, God uh, do things for us that we can't ever expect. And this uh, individual uh, stopped me and he shared with me that the Lord had put on his heart uh, to give a donation towards my children's college fund. Now, I didn't approach this individual. He came to me. And this is not the first time the Lord has uh, answered prayers through other people and have uh, interceded on my behalf. Some things I didn't even pray for, but God knew that I needed it, and he supplied it through other people. And his approach to me was the same as the um, the approach or the benefits I received before I went to seminary. Uh, there was no way at that time for me to pay for seminary. And Dr. Norman Geisler, the late Dr. Norman Geisler, 
president of Southern Evangelical Seminary. Uh, he had an apologetics seminary, and uh, he is, is accredited, and he invited me to become part of his uh, student body, meaning that he was going to give me a scholarship, a 50% scholarship to attend his seminary. And he was so generous. He didn't have to, but the spirit put on his heart to uh, bless me and to allow me to go to seminary. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm just giving you uh, two short testimonials of what happened to me. But if you are faithful to God, God will do things that you can't even come up with. You can't, you can't even anticipate he's going to work it out that way. So it's best to do things for God that we be in good standards with him rather than keep wrestling with him and, and we find ourselves shortchanging our blessings. Uh, so the, 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 the best thing for us is to keep serving God, uh, being obedient to what he's asked us to do. Uh, and that's evangelism and discipleship. We have work to do, uh, but first we need to make sure that we are also being obedient by applying the principles of God to our lives. So since the first century, we've had people or apologists such as uh, St. Ignatius of Antioch, and Antioch uh, is today uh, modern Syria, so he uh, came from the Syrian region. Uh, he was Bishop of Antioch, and he's known for his defense of the divinity of Jesus Christ. So St. Ignatius of Antioch, uh, he's known through uh, historical uh, annals as the uh, one of the people that defended the divinity of Jesus Christ. And this is very important in a sense that God believes in us following the truth and us propagating the truth. And there were those who were saying that Jesus wasn't uh, fully God, that Jesus was a small G. He wasn't a big G, uh, meaning equal to the father. And that's not biblical. So St. Ignatius of Antioch, he stood firm and, uh, um, and he said, no, the Bible teaches that Jesus is equal to the father, that he's not a lesser, uh, divinity. He is equal to the father. Then, uh, the next person is Tertullian, uh, and Tertullian, uh, he is uh, the first writer to have used the Latin term Trinitas, and he came from uh, Africa. And Tertullian, as I said, was the one to use that term Trinitas, where we get the word Trinity from. So if you use that term Trinity, um, it was made popular by Tertullian, who was basically given a label or name to the doctrine of uh, one God who's revealed himself in three persons, uh, all three uh, distinct, all three are co-equal, all three have uh, unique functions, but they're on the same accord. Again, not three gods. We're saying one God who's revealed himself in three persons. Well, our time has come quickly to a close again, but uh, keep us in prayer as we return next week to finish this topic of the reality of Christian apologetics. And as always, we need your financial support. Please go online to www.srministries.org 
And you can donate or donate to our P.O. Box 582-306, Elk Grove 95758. May the Lord be with you. Continue to do for the truth what so many do for a lie. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.